Zodiac, a symbol that now stands for terror, has killed five and says he's going to kill again. Psychopath who kills for the thrill of publicity. Welcome to Dory's Dark Corner, where we'll be investigating the lives of serial killers and mysteries behind infamous cult cases. I'm Dorian Sumwalt, and I'll be your guide as we explore and dissect the minds behind these violent crimes. With chilling clips from real-life interviews and news reports, we'll review what had gone under the radar for so long. Dory's Dark Corner is going to be a place where I talk about how fascinating I find these individuals. I have always been interested in finding out how cases are different from each other. Come with me on a journey into the dark corner to see what they did. The most sensational crime to command the headlines is the murder of young Elizabeth Short, now infamously known as the Black Dahlia. A 22-year-old aspiring actress found dead in a vacant lot. Her body mutilated, drained of blood, and literally cut in half. Over 60 men and women confessed. In this episode of Dory's Dark Corner, we will be discussing the case of the Black Dahlia. Elizabeth Short was born on July 29th in 1924. Elizabeth was the third out of five girls in her family. Cleo, her father, left when she was only five years old. Short developed a strong attraction towards the cinemas. By her teen years, she decided she was going to be an actress. Short was living in Los Angeles during the 1940s, working as a waitress, making a living as best as she could until she made her big break. Unfortunately, her life was taken before her big break would ever happen. She was severed at the waist, her face had slits from ear to ear making the gloss glow smile, now mostly known as the Joker smile. She had slits on her left breast and a majority of her right cut off. She had rope marks on her wrist, neck, and ankles. Police thought she was tortured before she died. Her body was nude and posed on the side of the road found by a local female resident. Her body was found in a vacant lot around Lamart Park on Block 3800 of LA's South Norton Avenue. Longtime detective Brian Carr, who worked at Black Dahlia case, said it was pretty gruesome and I just can't imagine someone doing that to another human being. After being dissected and mutilated, her body was drained of all blood and scrubbed clean. Media quickly picked up on the story and named her the Black Dahlia. Carr stated the case took on a life of its own. Early on, I think it was front page for two months. There was a very detailed, long-lasting investigation by the LA Police Department. The investigation led to various false reports, including confessions, and kept police on the edge trying to find an explanation. The only witness of the murder had stated they saw a black sedan around the area in the morning, but that's all they knew. With the mix of faulty witnesses and little to no hard evidence in the investigation, the killer was never found. It's one of the oldest cold cases in LA. In June of 1947, police investigated 75 suspects. In December of 1948, the total amount of suspects went up to 192. In 2013, the Black Dahlia case returned to the headlines. With the help of author Steve Hodell, Sergeant Paul Dotsey, and a police dog who was trained in smelling rotting bodies and flesh. The investigation had a team of undercover cops who got incriminating evidence. They would hold this evidence against George Hodel. Later on in 2013, Buster would sniff out several areas of decompensation. The soil samples were supposedly taken away from George Hodel's home and dropped off for examination. The test came back positive for human remains. Who did the police think killed the Black Dahlia? Examiner newspaper got a call from a man claiming to be the killer. Then he sent them a box containing her birth certificate, pictures, and business cards, and a little black book with Mark Hansen's name written on it, which made him a main suspect until they couldn't link him to anything. Someone had rinsed the items in gasoline so they didn't have any possible evidence. 
Robert Manley was the last person to actually see her alive. He was a prime suspect as well and arrested for her murder. Manley's alibi was so rock solid that he passed with two lie detector tests. Obviously, he didn't do it because you couldn't just pass a lie detector test if you actually did something that bad. Now we're on to George Hodel the man who actually did it, or at least I think did it. Before the Black Dahlia case, Hodel was a suspect in the murder of his secretary, Ruth Spaulding. Even though he was not charged, Hodel was also accused of raping his own daughter, Tamar Hodel. He was not found guilty. He fled the country various times and went to Philippines between 1950 and 1990. Once the Black Dahlia case came to light, he fled the country once again and never coming back. That's just saying he did it. Like, there's no other way of being like, oh no, he didn't do it. George Hodel was even heard saying, supposing I did kill the Black Dahlia, they couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary because she's dead. Cold hard facts, he did it. Becca is a killer creator I found on YouTube and TikTok, also known as Black Cherry Heart. Becca is the one who inspired me to do a serial killer podcast. Honestly, I'd be doing something so different from this if it wasn't for her. We had an amazing conversation about true crime. Join us on a journey into the dark corner. She So the Black Dahlia is super interesting because she was white, totally clean, and, you know, Things of hers that they had found were were washed in some sort of acidic substance, so it wiped away um, it wiped away DNA that would have been left behind. Her her insides were washed, her outsides were washed. So whoever committed this crime kind of knew knew a little bit of what they were doing. Yeah, like uh, George Hodel. <laughs> yep, that's. If if I were a betting person, and there has been a couple of of DAs, and there's been a couple of investigators who, if he were alive today, they would put down some charges on him because there's just he kind of sort of confessed to it. Yeah, and he fled the country when it was a thing. So yeah, almost immediately. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's so not he, suspicious at all. <laughs> no, nothing you're doing is suspicious, and he was sort of this backroom abortion doctor for a lot of the higher political people and actresses and, a lot right? of, and actresses and police chiefs so he had dirt on a lot of the really big people so mm-hmm. i almost think that even if he'd stayed he probably still would have gotten away with it because he would have taken down a lot of people with him true he's like oh and what about all these people like i have yep. wow he knows who everyone's mistresses is how many times the mistress has been there yeah he just had he had the dirt um, why do you think her blood was drained completely from her body? I found that really interesting that all her blood was drained. I think as a doctor, he knew that if he left anything in her, that he that would have led back to him. That, you know, blood gets everywhere. You know, maybe there's a trail of it. There's a drop here, or a drop there, something on your clothes. So if you get rid of it, however he got rid of it, there's nothing to be left behind. He, I think he was mad at her. He did a lot of other really gross things to the body as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, removal of skin and then placing it into orifices, things like that, making her ingest her own fecal matter. He, there was, There was a lot of rage behind it. I think 
he, she knew that he was misdiagnosing people to scam people out of money. And I think he was afraid she was going to come forward with that. Mm -hmm. Do you think all the like cuts around her body and why she was cut in half was to like hold her up so all the blood could drain out? Because I thought about that. That's a real kind of, I think that's a good like blood yeah. draining method. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a doctor, no, so. No, I think that's, I think that's probably a pretty fair estimate. Um, most of her injuries were post-mortem. Mm -hmm. So whoever did this to her did it all after she was already dead, which says that there was a lot of rage. And the cutting in the half sends a very violent message of some kind. Mm -hmm. And it definitely, if you want to get the body out, blood out of the body quickly, if you cut it open in the middle, it's going to go out pretty fast. Yeah. And why did, why do you think he did like the... I think it's called the Glasgow smile, now Glasgow known as like smile. the uh, Joker smile. Why do you think he did that? Yep. I don't know. You know, she was a she was a beautiful girl. Even the people that knew her when she was young, she had raven black hair, bright blue eyes that sometimes turned green depending on what she was wearing. She had porcelain skin. She was gorgeous. So if she rejected someone or hurt a man's very fragile ego. Maybe he was just trying to destroy the thing that made him love her for beauty. Yeah. Make her ugly. That makes sense. Do you think uh, George Ho Hodel killed slash murdered the uh, Black Dahlia? Out of all of the people that I've seen as on a suspect list, I'm going to go with yes. I think she was a patient of his. There was some evidence that she was a girlfriend of his. Um, he was said, even if, you know, he was heard, overheard saying, even if I killed her, no one would know. Yeah. No one could pin it on me. Like, I just, I think he was brazen and kind of, you know, open about it almost. And then as soon as they started kind of to get close, he left the country. And they immediately stopped pursuing him. Which was dumb because on their part, because like, <laughs> that's just evidence he did it. Yeah, it couldn't be more evident that he did it. Right. He's like, oh, <laughs> you're done. He's like, you're done looking at me. Bye. Yep. But it's a lot of work to extradite someone and do, you know, investigate someone who's in a different country. And if you're the one doing the investigation and he knows that you have a mistress, chief of police, that I've given two or three abortions to, um, I wouldn't really want him to come back either. It could ruin my career and my marriage. Man. And who cares about some little girl nobody knows anything about? She's a nobody. This is my career and my family. I'm, eh, let him go. Men are, men are so, men are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, yes. <laughs> what makes the Black Dahlia different from other cold cases that are like popular or well known or just at all? Hers was so weird and gruesome, and they like almost right away had no idea who it was. And back then, things were done a little differently. So when before the cops got there, news people were walking all over the crime scene. Civilians were walking all over the crime scene. They ruined the whole thing, and then newspaper journalist called her mom and like pretended she won a beauty pageant before going just kidding she's been murdered <laughs> wow like there was so much drama surrounding her in addition to her being so brutally laid out like that um she almost right away became this weird like cult creature that was almost larger than life wow she got more famous in death than she probably ever would have as alive that's insane and I don't think it'll ever be solved. I don't think. I think it's just it's all too old. People can guess. So I think that she will live on in infamy. Yeah. As the Black Dahlia, which is, I mean, she wanted fame. Well, there's your fame. Why but she came to California. <laughs> Maybe not like that, but. Yeah. 
Why would somebody want to kill Elizabeth Short? She knew something she wasn't supposed to know. And um, his secretary, who also died um, of a supposed drug overdose, I think he killed her too. Yeah. I think, I think he killed Elizabeth, and the secretary knew, and so he killed the secretary because the two of them could have ended his career. Yeah. But with them dead, he was able to continue on. But what, would anybody really believe the women in that case, or would they believe a powerful doctor? I, I don't know if he was willing to risk it, because that's probably, you know, doing backroom abortions for political figures probably would have put him in jail. I just didn't even want to risk it. Kill a girl, kill a couple of girls, no one will ever know, and I get to keep all my money and stay out of prison, or let them live and risk going to prison. Yeah. He was a, Even his son said he was a monster. Yeah. I, I'm meaning to... Uh, Listen to a podcast his son made about how he thinks he his dad killed her. So yep. I think he wrote a book too. He did. I think he wrote a book called The Black Dahlia, Forever, or something like that. Yeah, I think he wrote a book because his dad had like a little, like a tiny little photo album, like no bigger than your hand, and it had naked pictures of the Black Dahlia in it, and there was letters and all kinds of evidence where he's like, clearly he did it. Duh. Yeah. Why do you think people are obsessed or interested with serial killers or the true crime? I think it has a lot to do with people's fear of death. The unknown, it's scary. We don't know when or where it's going to come. And I feel like if we know as much as we can about it and how it could happen to us, I think we're a little less afraid of the dark because the boogeyman and the things that are scary that threaten our lives aren't, aren't so unknown anymore. That actually explains a lot why I like it, because <laughs> I never thought about it that way, because I hate, like, that's my, like, biggest fear is death. So I'm like, I I don't know. I'm just like, I like these people, and I don't know why. I like this, and I, I don't know why. <laughs> I grew up really afraid of the dark. I was really into my teen years. I was really afraid of the dark. And I noticed the more I started researching these people, I almost set up little booby traps in my room because I know that this guy came through the window and that guy came through the door. So I just, it kind of allowed me to make myself feel, feel better. Yeah, some sort of safety. Why do you think they are, are cold cases? And do you think police just put cases aside until they, are, they have new evidence or like something leads them back to it? I think there are cold cases. Some cold cases go cold because the people that are committing the crime either have a lot of power and they are able to kind of make that happen for themselves or the person committing the crime is so invisible that the cops have no idea. They have no idea where to even begin with these things. And it can take generations before technology is advanced enough for them to even get close to an idea. Do you think the IQs had anything to do with how people got away with her or why they committed murders or crimes? Typically, serial killers do tend, not all the time, but most of the time they tend do tend to have a bit of a higher IQ. And they are able to rationalize and justify things that normal people aren't allowed to. Just the way that our brains work. We don't allow ourselves to justify this sort of thing. So it's absolutely. Um. How do you think a high IQ versus a low IQ plays part in the crime? Because, like you said, they have a, like a uh, like beyond like like a bigger brain that they can think with versus mm -hmm. like normal people or actually normal people. 
Um, like Eileen Warnos, supposedly, I think she had an IQ of 81 versus yep. like 142, I think. Either Dahmer or Kemper. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. She, so there's, the IQ definitely plays a role in it to it versus an organized and an unorganized killer. When you get an organized killer, they typically have a, are able to hold down a job. They have families. They last longer as far as like time span goes. And they tend to have a much higher IQ because they're able to outsmart the people around them. You get the lower IQs like the Eileen Warnoses and like the Richard Ramirez's. They are just totally functioning off of their animalistic brain. And they're just doing what feels right, right in that moment. Mm-hmm. So they leave a lot of DNA. They leave a lot of clues and evidence behind that allows them to get caught way quicker. Do you think mental illness plays a big part in the uh, crimes or murders? Not in the sense that, you know, they're autistic or something along those lines. I think trauma plays a massive role in most crimes, mm-hmm. especially trauma that's introduced when the kids are really young, like four, five, six, seven. They are, especially if you get into like the really like sexually violent crimes or serial killer style crimes, they trauma, whether that's abuse or neglect or sexual abuse, is introduced when they're forming their sexual relationship with the world. And it completely reprograms their love map and it completely reprograms how they associate themselves with the world. And they associate fear and pain with sex. But as you grow up, you want sex. You, that's something you want to participate in. But for some people, when they get that trauma at a young age, they can't have the sex without the fear and the abuse that went along with it. Mm-hmm. It just perpetuates itself into violence. Why do you love uh, learning about true crime and serial killers? I, when I was a kid, I was very friendly with everybody. I wanted, I was friends with everyone. And I think my mom was afraid that I was going to walk off with a stranger. Mm-hmm. So she started when I was I, young, like maybe four or five, started to show it whenever there was a kidnapping story, she would read it with me. And whenever there was a, you know, crime that happened to a little kid, I, I knew all about it because she wanted me to be afraid of strangers. And so I think now I get this kind of almost comfortable, warm feeling because in my younger years, that was how I bonded with my mom. Mm-hmm. That's not what she intended or what she <laughs> planned for that to happen, but... She didn't know um, what she was getting I, herself into. <laughs> definitely did not. And and this has been something my dad jokes about it now that, you know, they were really worried about me for a while because it was it was serial killer documentaries and true crime, SVU and CSI and Snapped and then serial killer books. It was my the only thing that I ingested as far as entertainment goes. And they're like, there's something wrong with her. It's like, and now, you know, people love you for it. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> He's like, I guess if you stick with your passions, it all works out for you in the end. <laughs> um, I got this serial killer encyclopedia that you actually inspired me to get uh, for my birthday. The great book? Yeah, the book from Barnes & Noble. Uh-huh. And I like had the Mindhunter book and the serial killer book in my hand, and I looked at my mom, and I was like, are you sure you're not worried about me? <laughs> I'm like, this is really weird. Like, are you sure? <laughs> she's like, She's like, no. I'm like, okay, if you say so. <laughs> and what I have noticed 
since doing starting YouTube and doing the TikTok stuff, what I have noticed is that most females are into this. I think it, it, it just in general, it's kind of dangerous for us out there. Mm-hmm. You know, we were most of, if there's a murder, we're most of the time the victim. If there's a serial killer, he's mostly going to kill women. We're, we're, it's dangerous for us out there. So I feel like as a protective measure, we want to learn all about this because maybe if we know everything about serial killers, maybe we can spot the red flags sooner and save ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Safety measure. That actually leads me into my next question or one of my next questions. Um, do you think women are interested in true crime in general because we want to be able to protect ourselves when it comes to that, if it comes to that? Absolutely. I think it, it, it's, it's, it's scary, you know, it's, but if you, if I know that getting into a windowless van is dangerous and I, and I, I know that two men brutalized women for years in a windowless van, I know to be afraid of windowless vans. Mm-hmm. I know that if I get into a car with a tall guy with glasses, who's really <laughs> friendly, but gives me the creeps, I'm probably going to a ditch. <laughs> that has a mustache, I'm probably going to wind up in a ditch. Yeah. And if yeah. a guy a really attract with a broken arm, you know, tries to help get me into his car, um, he's probably going to attack me. Ted so Bundy it, wasn't even that cute. Let's be honest. He, I do not think he was attractive. No. I think he was a little bit like a troll. Yeah. And I don't get it. But to each their own, I suppose. I mean, Zach Efron was hot, but that's Zach Efron. Zach Efron, <laughs> Zach Efron is hot. What makes, uh, what do you think makes people so interested and fascinated with true crime? I think it goes back to just it, controlling the uncontrollable. If you are, death is inevitable. We're all going to die. Mm-hmm. You never know when, you never know how, but sometimes someone cuts that short and they take it from you and they steal your life from you by murdering you. Yeah. And I think in a world where we have zero control over what other people do to us, or do in general. Or do in general. We only can control what we do. So if I know all of this stuff, it's almost like we are, have some weird control over what's happening around us. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, people, I, I know that I, I walk a little taller and I'm a little, a little braver at night. And I don't know why. I have no reason to be. I don't have a weapon on me or anything. But I, I just, I know that since I started really getting into this when I was a teenager, I was less afraid. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're not going to sneak up on me. Yeah, because we know the signs and everything like that. Yeah, I know the signs. You're not going to sneak up on me. You're not going to surprise me. My guard is up all the time because I know that monsters are real. Yeah. Monsters are humans. That's... They are, most of the time. That's, we do taught us that. Yeah, <laughs> and supernatural most of the time. And, and supernatural, yeah. Monsters, yeah. Are, monsters are humans. Yeah, the the true monsters are humans, at least. <laughs> yep. How did you come around to making TikToks and YouTube videos about serial killers? Because I know at the beginning <laughs> you weren't at first doing it, but now it's like. So I, I have been obsessed with TikTok long before I had the app. I used to watch those YouTube cringe compilations mm-hmm. for days. I would watch them. Like my husband uh, knew all of the songs even though we didn't have the app because I watched them all the time. Wow. Then I was like, I'm just going to, I bet if these are funny, I bet there's even funnier stuff on the app. So download the app. Mm-hmm. And with zero intentions of it turning into anything. And I made one video talking about Ted Bundy when they were doing the whole Ted Bundy, I'm going to go on a date with Ted Bundy thing. Mm-hmm. And 
I thought for sure that was I was going to just get riddled with hate, you know. But I, you found the best ba- fan base like there is on TikTok. I feel like it's they're they're the best. I it's the most supportive group of people. Everyone is. So, I look in other people's fan bases and I look at other people's comment sections, and it's just people being mean to each other, mean to the creator. They're talking shit, but in in I never, I rarely ever get that. Yeah. You guys are so supportive of me. You're so supportive of each other. Like we're, because we're all weirdos. We're we're all all weirdos. Like I think we we are the ones that are bullied. Mm -hmm. We are the ones that are fun of. So when we come together, we we know what it's like to be the outcast and to be the weirdo. And instead of being afraid of it and shying away from it, we found. A venue where we can embrace the fuck out of it. True crime is your thing. Serial killers are your thing. It's the weirder side of life is your thing. You know, Black Cherry Heart on YouTube, Black Cherry Heart on TikTok, and we accept all you guys. All you weirdos are welcome. <laughs>